Welcome to the EC Men Podcast, where we're not afraid to take on the issues of today. I'm your host, Dan, along with co-host Roger. Let's get into it. Trump, Biden, Nikki Haley, DeSantis, what are we going to say? Episode 19, politics and the Christian man. Things might get hot on episode 19. Man, we're just getting into it. 2024, be a political firestorm. So we're heading into it. But Roger, what do we need to tell the people first? All right, before we get started on this crazy election year in 2024, we want to tell you about a few things. The first thing is the Forge Men Retreat coming up on February 23rd to the 25th at Ligonier Conference Center. Get your registrations in. We'd love to see you there. There's going to be some good cheesecake from uh, (laughs) Teresa, right? Like I talked about a couple episodes back. I just had a conversation with her. Right on. That great cheesecake there. And then what do you got going on as far as a study? Yeah, we got our brand new EC Men study for this winter and into the spring. It is the called man. It's based on the call of Moses in Exodus and looking at the call of God on man's life and how we respond to it. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's messy. But, man, we look at the ups and downs of it from the perspective of Moses. It's going to be good stuff. So, Absolutely. But um, I don't know. I think I think by the end of this episode – you mentioned a cheesecake, man. I think uh, we're going to get some people to that retreat. So that's yeah, exactly that's right. good stuff right there. Yeah. Exactly. Amen. So, yeah, Roger, let me ask you, how interested are you in politics? Well, I am interested in politics. I follow it. I follow it pretty intently, but I'm a lot better off than I was in October of 2016. Okay. In 2016, I did a, uh, a fast from social media and political news in the last month leading up to the 2016 election. Okay. Right? And, man, did that feel good. Hmm. To get in contact with my Lord and Savior versus a political party or a political a story. However, Amen. on election night, I stayed up all night. <laughs> and watch the election unfold and watch Hillary cry and, yeah. and and all that stuff like that. And and then I went into this whole thing there at the beginning of 2016 into 2020. And so, like, it's just been a revealing time in my life of how I really um, pushed myself away from believing in a political party or a political ideology and really started following um, – you know, Christ is my, as my guide versus politics. Yeah. So your, your understanding of, and your relationship with politics has grown and matured over these yeah. years. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. So as far as my interest in politics, man, I've, I've never been an overly political fellow. Um, you know, not that I've hidden from it or run from it. I step into it when, I feel convicted and needed to step into it, but you know I'm never one who's kind of glued to the uh, the political debate. I'll watch one here or there. I'm not one who's who's glued to the you know Twitter or you know X as it is now about politics or the news channels or talk radio. You know I I don't have a huge stomach for it, but I try to get the pieces that I need so that I'm a a fruitful person in the political narrative when I need to be. Yeah. I mean, like that's how I am right now. Like I just want to follow the news cycle, you know, and to mm-hmm. read some articles maybe, but I don't sit there in front of, uh, 
in front of the the the, the, the debate and watch Chris Christie just you know be <laughs> right. rude and ignorant to Nikki Haley and Nikki Haley mad at Wasami or whatever his name Vibrick or right you know I I don't I don't get into that anymore I used to a lot man I used to like whoever my horse was mm-hmm. I'd back him a hundred percent but I'm just not into that anymore I just think it's bad it's just very full of um hate discontent and vitriol you know that's not necessary in your life yeah honestly we got to be careful the way that we step into that arena and how we navigate it because we can quickly be outside of of our christian principles and and our christian conduct right it can suck us in and have an effect on us even spiritually i i do say that that i'd probably be more interested this year because it's 2024 because it's a presidential election year so the the primaries are going to be interesting but of course november is going to be just crazy leading up to that and i'm you know, i'm going to be prayerful about it and i'm going to be watching to see because you know it, it matters and it makes a difference in our lives who our leaders are in this choice yeah and like i have focused more so on the pennsylvania politics now more than i did okay. national because i don't I, I mean i've said this before i don't i don't think that there's much of a difference between um, the right and the left. I think right. they're just wings of the same bird. Yeah, the you know, uniparty. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that there's much difference. Um, yeah, I think that they don't have our best interest in mind. That's right. And I don't. And I don't think they're living for 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 Jesus. So, like, they're not of any consequence to me at all, other than to watch what they're doing and to make sure that I protect myself and my family from whatever they're trying to do. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, to be in the know. So how politically engaged are you? You know, the first question is, how interested are you in politics? But how politically engaged are you? Well, and, and the reason why I really wanted to do this, because I think my story of my of, of my transformation from where I was at mm-hmm. tells a story that I think a lot of people can resonate with. Okay. And they may They may want to look at their life differently. Before 2016, actually before 2020, I was 100%. I identified as a Republican. I was I was red all the way through to my shoes. Yeah. And I would fight and I would be rude and ignorant and liberalism was the was the um the enemy of the land and I would not act like Christ in a debate. I would sure. go below the, deba- the below the belt and I would use words and use terminologies and just be full of hate and discontent to that other party mm-hmm. who, you know what, contrary to popular belief, Christ died for Democrats too. That's right. Right? Amen. Christ died for liberals too. And so we should be looking at them as Christ looks at them and to be talking to them as Jesus would talk to them. Right. Now, I understand Jesus was not a very political person but did not shy away from talking to political persons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he didn't shy away from talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He didn't shy away from talking to Pontius Pilate, but he used wisdom when he did it. Right. And he, and he used, and he used the Holy spirit because he is God to talk. And he had a lot of wisdom. So we can learn a lot by those things that we read in scripture about Christ. Amen, for sure. And that's what we want to focus on tonight is really pointing people to Christ. So, you know, while we're talking politics and and we'll see where all this heads, but we really want to point our audience to Jesus and to be Christ focused in that arena. I think for me and my engagement, um, I'm more an issues guy than I am a 
a tied to a particular candidate or political personality guy. I mean, you know, you're talking about 2016, 2020, and even now, I mean, we're in that, we're in that era where we've got, you know, candidates that just become bigger than the party. They even become bigger than the issues. I mean, you know, no bigger persona than Trump, of course. And so that's part of the conversation, but I don't consider myself, um, you know, to engage politically, but here's some of the ways that I have engaged in the past. Um, certainly I vote. Okay. So, right. you know, uh, and, and whatever, let's put that out there. That's, that's a right and a privilege that we have in this nation of ours and one that we should treat with respect and dignity and, you know, use your right to vote because there are a lot of places in the world where that right isn't afforded to them. Um, some other ways that I've engaged over time, I've, I've preached election sermons, Man, that sounds really? weird to even say, but yeah, when when we've come up on some of the major moments, like again this year. Now, I don't preach with the candidate's name on my lips because that's for one, you know, basically illegal for for a pastor in a public church setting to do. But I'll preach a political message or an election sermon that is issues based and say, here are the issues that are really on the platform. I've even taken. Um, Republican National Convention and a Democratic National Convention, and I've gone beyond what the candidates are saying on a debate stage, and I've gone right to the websites of these organizations to find out what are their platforms that they stand for, so that regardless of you know chosen candidate that wins the primary and might win the general election, what is it really that the actual platform stands for? That's where the rubber meets the road. And I've preached sermons in regard to that, where I've actually said, here's what the Democratic Party stands for. Here's where the Republican Party stands for. And then most importantly, here's where the Bible stands on those issues. Now go make your choice prayerfully with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And one other way that we've engaged, or I say we because not just me, but the church, is that we'll we'll supply the church with voter guides. For all elections, even when they're right. local, like you talked about Pennsylvania and even local to our, our counties, we'll put out, um, you know, election guides that again go through the parties and the candidates and say, here's where they stand on, you know, on biblical issues and let people have that information in their hand. So, so there's one thing I read as a resource mm-hmm. to, to talking about this uh, podcast, right? And it's from he gets us.org, right? Okay. Which yeah. is, uh, they talk about um, things of our of our time in relationship to Jesus, right? Right. Yeah, big so, ad campaign. You see them all over television and sports arenas and everything. So I know who you mean. So their their thing is like Jesus was fed up with politics too, right? Right. And it talks a little bit about like in Jesus's time, communities were deeply divided by bitter differences, religious beliefs, political positions, income inequality, legal status. Ethnic differences. Does any of that sound familiar, right? That's how they open up the article. Sure. I mean, so Satan hasn't hasn't changed his his uh, motives and his uh, modus operandi, or however you say that. Right. By any means. He's still dividing us the way that he divided us, you know, back in Jesus' time. Right. <laughs> but let's look at, like, how Jesus... Um, dealt with people you know like the pharisees are the most religious conservative leaders of his time yeah so that's like you could say that's the donald trump 
of the of the uh, current era, right? He's considered the most conservative leader in in the time, but he, he don't have the religious uh, aspect of that where they were hypocritical in their religious thinking, right? But they believed that that they believed that the king would come one day and conquer Rome with violence and free their nation, right? And so, if you listen to the twinge of people talking in this society today. Mm-hmm. They're basically on the edge of like a civil war. If you if you listen to the fringe, right? And they're talking about overflowing, over overthrowing the Democrat Party because they don't believe in what they're doing, right? So that that's also not different than what Jesus was facing in his time, right? And then you had the Sadducees, mm-hmm. right? And they're the wealthy aristocrats who were vested financial interest in the Roman rule because they were charging. Uh, crazy taxes yeah. in the temple, right? And, you know, I don't care if you want to say this or not, the Republicans are no friend of taxes. You know, they, they still collect taxes like everybody else. Mm-hmm. They may not tax the rich, but they're taxing the middle class. Right. So you're still paying your, your taxes just like you did before, and it's always just debate. Republicans are low taxes. Democrats are high taxes. And it's just a shift. It doesn't, it, there's no, there's nobody saying, hey, we're not going to pay any taxes. Right. You know what I mean? It's just a facade. Well, once in a while, there is somebody that'll say we're not paying any taxes, but they get no play, right? They're right. just like some crazy guy on the side and not legitimized, right, right, but right. carry on. And anyways, they made the, they made the, uh, they made their money off the, off the poor people in that nation and mm-hmm. they exorbitant prices to participate in temple activities and things of that nature. So inflation taxes, healthcare, all that stuff's going up. You know, like those Sadducees are still in place. They just don't have the same name, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the zealot groups, yeah. right? Yeah. Who who he- held out in the hills and violently resisted Roman occupation mm-hmm. and often oppressed and marginalized people of racial and ethnic differences. Yeah. Okay, so you have the you have the zealots who are good with everything going on with the Republican Party, but they hate the immigrant because they mm-hmm. think the immigrant's stealing everything off of them. They want to close the borders down. They're ready to uh, gather up arms to protect the border, all that crazy stuff like that, right? And that that faction is still here, you know? So, like, Jesus dealt with all of that. Matter yeah. of fact, one of his disciples was a zealot. Right. You know what I mean? So he's like, he's like I'm going to bring you into the fold, that's right. Because I see what you're all about anyways, and I'm going to transform you, mm. right? Amen. And then you have, like, the common farmer, the fisherman, the craftsman, and they live through this highly volatile political period. That's me and you and the rest yeah. of our listeners for the most part, you know? <laughs> right. And and they had these overbearing leaders that despised them and oppressed them, the wealthy elites who ripped them off, the racial and ethnic tensions from her neighbors and sporadic violent outbreaks between oppressive and occupying armies. That's like what we're living with right now, man. Like yeah. all that stuff is what we're living with. And that's just what, so where was Jesus in all of that? Right. Hmm. Jesus went from town to town, offering a new hope, a new life, modeling a different way to live, to change the world. Yeah. Right. So now I want to ask the question of our listeners and to ourselves, what are we doing amongst all this craziness that's going on with the Sadducees, the the federal government, the zealots, 
the militianists, the Christian nationals. What are we doing as the church right. to correct all that from happening around us? Yep. You know, like that's an that's what we have to do when we're looking at elections and how political we are. Are we are we pushing the the um, the attitude of Christ, or are we pushing the attitude of the world? Yeah. You know, I granted we live in a nation of laws, and people that are coming across the border should be documented. I'm not disputing facts, right? Right. But once they're here, and if they're poor, destitute, and need help. We should not be like, hey, we're not going to do anything for them because they're the they're the illegal immigrant. We should be like, look, come in. We'll give you what we got. We'll give you blankets. We'll give you food. We'll give you a place to stay. Instead, they're bouncing them from one city to another and not offering them any type of assistance. Well, yeah, they have no plan on how to handle it in a right. way that's helping anybody or protecting our own citizens. Well, right. and that's where the church has a role too, because the church is the one ultimately called by God to care for the neighbor like that. Right. And even the alien. Right. So, I mean, there's, right. Right. there's a discussion to be had about that and that's overwhelming too, but what can churches do, you know, loving all people? I mean, the, the, the answer comes down to the gospel. It really does. And it's why I've always wrestled with, not being very political because it feels like the gospel is always pushed to the side and never allowed to be a part of the political solution or political answer. And we're never going to legislate people's morality. We're never going to win arguments, you know, with people who don't have Christ first. You know, I'm more a kingdom of God person than I am a, a political person. And I believe in the preaching of the gospel as the ultimate aim, because that's what's going to transform people's lives. Even right. when it comes to the, the most important issues of the day, it's going to be Christ and the Holy Spirit to bring that transformation rather than my fine-sounding argument. No, I'm certainly not afraid, like I said, to hold the word of God open and say, thus says the Lord. You know, I, I'm not right. interested in too many opinions. I'm interested in what the Bible says about the issues. I think that one of Satan's grandest deceptions, and I got this from God questions, right? Yeah. They think it as well, is that our hope for cultural morality and godly living rests in a political establishment. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's not one Republican out there that's going to change anybody's heart. Right. And and make them stop having premarital sex and having abortions and... And uh, you know, living in living in living in sin in different areas, or changing your selfishness, or anything like that. Right. They're not going to do that because that's a scheme of the devil to make us think that way. Right. I agree. You know, we don't have a. Where, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say we don't have a political savior until the second coming of Christ, when literally he is a political savior in that moment. So until that time, though, we've got to point people to Christ all the while living within the confines of a secular society and navigating that accordingly. And that's, that's what's difficult. Our nation's not as Christian as we want to think that it, that it is, right? And even when it's so-called Christian, it's not necessarily the same Christian that we're talking about when we say we're a person filled with the Holy Spirit because we've surrendered our heart to Christ. So. In, in in before we started this episode, we had a little discussion. So, what did you say in that discussion about about um, what Trump said? What what the press said about Trump? Oh well, I mean, a, a couple weeks ago there was a video. I mean, I I've been a 
At times you could label me a Trump supporter, whatever. I mean, I, I don't know how I'll vote this year yet. Again, I'm an issues voter versus a, a personality, but I had problems with a video that was released a couple weeks ago on social media by President Trump's media team that basically was using messianic language. Um, it was saying that the nation needed a shepherd and that shepherd would be one who would not leave or forsake us. That is clearly biblical text, messianic, pointing to none other than Jesus Christ. And that ad said, and so God gave us Trump. So, you know, I draw a line there because Trump is not my Messiah. He he Amen. can do some politically good things, and there's some areas where I agree with him. You know, I, I appreciated some of his leadership when he was in the White House, but he is not my savior, and he is not the Messiah. Are we back? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyhow, what I was going to say to that was Satan is setting up the stage for the Antichrist. Yeah, and for I'm sure. not here to make any proclamations, and I'm not claiming that anybody or any political party is involved with that. Right. I'm saying that that language sets up the stage for the, for the Antichrist because as soon as you start to um, follow the cult of personality, then you're lost your trek with Jesus. That's right. You know, and, and, you know, that God questions article had a really good part here. I want to read some of it. It says the church's unique God given purpose does not lie in a political activism. Nowhere in scripture. Do we have a direct to a directive to spend our energy or our time or our money in governmental affairs? Our mission lies not with changing a nation through political reform, yeah. But changing hearts through the word of Jesus, the word of God. Amen. I couldn't agree more. Right. I think that's what this whole boils down to with 2024. You know what I mean? I think that we need to like, our Christian mandate is to spread the gospel and to preach against sins of our time. And only as the hearts of an individual in a culture are changed by Christ will the culture begin to reflect that change. That's right. So with that being said, Yes. What are we doing for the marginalized and mm. to show the light of Jesus in our communities? Yeah. You know, I was very, I was very proud of our church because um, I, 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 this could have went either way. Yeah. Right. Uh, I got a, fo- I'm on a care team at our church, and I got mm-hmm. a phone call in regards to a Guatemalan family that came in the last caravan to the southern border. Yeah. arrived in Johnstown, however, however they got her. Yeah. And this person was like, hey, they, they, they have an apartment because I know a guy that's letting them stay there. They don't have a lot of things. They need this. They need that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Will you help them? And, and being undocumented, is that an issue? To mm. me, it wasn't an issue because they're no different than any other family I deal with in Johnstown. That's right. They need, we try to provide, right? So I had to take that to people that I work with, you know, with these type of situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was really prayerfully um, hopeful that when I mentioned their document status, I was worried that that was going to become an issue. Right. I and have w- to admit it. I was worried that yeah. that was going to become an issue, not because I didn't have faith in the people I go to church with, but that's just the society that we live in right now, you know? Right. And, and was it? One, no, yeah. not one person cared about their document status. Matter of fact, Somebody's like, hey, I know a immigration lawyer that may want to take their case up pro bono right. to get them documents. 
Yeah. Which I was like, praise Jesus. That's right. You know what I mean? So I, I'm like, I'm really, really happy that I, that I serve with people in our church that have that same mentality that I do. Amen. You know what I mean? Because I don't know that if you walked into every church in the United States, you'd have that same response. Because here's the thing. Like, I currently disagree with the administration that's in the White House in terms of border security and, you know, the whole immigration issue. However, I can have that opinion and that stance fully and yet still be in the very position you're talking about and care for the immigrant that shows up in my region who is a human being loved by God and needs help. And and we have much the same as what your church is describing, uh, maybe a little bit on a, on a more individualistic or smaller scale, but we have had families come through, you know, where it's, I, I don't know how to speak to them because the language barrier and the, the culture barrier, but every time they're here, our church takes the opportunity and says, what can we do to love on you and show you Christ? And that yeah, is more and- important. And like our next step was like everybody that we care for in our community, we always want to invite them to church and make sure that they're welcome. And yeah. the purpose of us caring for them, obviously, number one is to meet their needs, but the number two is to meet your spiritual needs. We want them to be in our church. That's right. Not because we're looking for members, but because we want them to hear the word of God. So these, these family doesn't, doesn't speak English. Yep. And so I was like, let's buy a, you know, a, a device that goes in your ear that, that you can hear the preaching. And that wasn't even an issue. We're going to do that. You know what I mean? And and the one guy's like, well, we're not even a bilingual church. But I'm like, I don't know what the Lord has in mind for us. We may be a bilingual church before it's all said and done with. <laughs> that's right. That's Praise good God. With me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, no, I was really encouraged by that. And, and you know, like I have an I have issue, obviously, with, like I said, uh, abortion. And, and I have... Uh, I have a real, obviously, I'm not in support of that. Right. I think it's a, a terrible um, sin on our nation, just as slavery was. And, yeah, and, amen. And, and all these other things that we engage in, sex work and the large pornography business that comes out of the United States and uh-huh. child trafficking. It's all equal to me. Right. Um, but what I think we forget is while we're outside screaming at the gate in front of a, an abortion place with our signs, yeah. we forget that that woman that's walking through them doors is, is a victim, yep. and she needs love. And I always think about the woman caught in adultery, yep. and, I, and, I, and I always say if Jesus was standing here, he would not be telling her that she's going to hell and that she's not a Christian, and how can you murder yep. that baby? She would, he would be offering her some really godly wisdom and putting his arms around her and making sure that she's comforted in, 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 in that situation. So I, I think we lose a lot of that as well in how, how, how much vitriol we have towards some of those subjects. I, I go to a lot of music festivals because I love music. And at those festivals is often, you know, organizations and things that have different, um, you know, activism or, or issues that they're promoting or defending. Um, and so a lot of times there's pro-life groups at these festivals because they're predominantly Christian festivals that I'm at. And there was a leader one time at the festival of who had originally started a pro-life group that was doing what you're talking about. They were protesting at abortion mills, they called them, right? And they stood outside and they had signs that showed, you know, depicting, you know, pictures of 
of babies that have been dismembered in abortion just for the shock factor of women that are coming to have an abortion. And they would do what you're saying. They would cry out, you know, baby murderers and all that. Do you know the Holy Spirit fell upon that man one day? Because he stood outside that abortion clinic and he realized that the women that were coming weren't the enemy, but that they, like you had said, are also a victim and in need of the love of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what he did was he put down his signs and he stopped his yelling. He went and he sat on the park bench across the street from the entrance to that abortion center. And he began to silently pray to the God of heaven to change the lives of these women. And it wasn't five minutes and a mother walked across the street who was heading to that abortion clinic pregnant and was going to have an abortion, except the Holy Spirit intervened. And the Holy Spirit drew her. She said, I need to talk to you, sir, and I don't know why. And he said, I know why, because God loves you. And he shared the gospel with her. Do you know her life got transformed because she accepted Christ? She kept her baby. But it happened because he took a different gospel-centered approach to his politics, right? And it's it's beautiful. Okay. I've always loved that story. In fact, I have a pin at home that says, pray to end abortion, because that was his mantra moving forward. Less activism and more seeking the very power of God to change people's lives. Yeah, Satan's really trying to disrupt his broadcast tonight because he keeps freezing the internet. I see that. So get Lord Jesus, intercept Satan and put her hedge of protection around us, Lord, because he knows we're preaching against what he wants us to be divided over. Mm. And that story right there almost brought me to tears because that's exactly what I'm passionate about. Amen. Helping people overcome their sin, their sin condition. Like, like that woman is only doing that. Only you only do that if you don't have a reason why not to do that. That's right. And so we we serve a Jesus of hope. We serve a God of hope. Yeah. And these women are hopeless, and they don't know what to do next. And we need to offer them that that uh, avenue to do what's next. Yeah. You know. And instead, we're right. building enemies, even political enemies, and we're supposed to love our enemies, right? And to bring the gospel to the door of every one of them. You know. With all that being said, you know, we we sometimes sound right now like um, that we're anti-government or we're anti-whatever, you know what I mean? But I, right. I want to read Romans 13, yeah. 1 through 8, right? Yeah, let's do that, man. It says, it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Hmm. And those that, existed that has been, those that existed have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to do good conduct, but to do bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes to the authorities and are ministers of God attending to this very thing. So, you know, we have to be subject to the laws of the land and to be um, praying for our leaders and to be praying for this election. And we would be remiss if we did not do that. 
That's right. I think that that passage also, you know, it's it speaks to us who are under authority. I think it also speaks to those who are in authority and, and a recognition that there is a God above them, right? Like, wouldn't you love to sit in the halls of Congress or, right? I mean, you know, it's a pipe dream, but to sit with the, you know, the folks in the White House or even our local governing officials and say, man, I wish you could respect what the Bible says about this and understand that they have a God-given task to rule, to to bring justice, to a, to wield the sword, but all you know, under the authority and in submission to God. There's a there's a submission chain, if you will, God, government, and then the people. And, um, you know, it flows both ways. And, and man, I wish eyes could open to see God at the height of this whole thing. Amen, man. And another verse that comes to my mind is Matthew 5, 16, where it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Yeah. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. That's right. Right. Amen. And so, like, are we showing our light to our political opponents? Right. I don't know that we are. I think we're more like Peter was by pulling his sword and cutting off the 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 uh, yeah the servants here. Servants here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. <clears throat> like, like that's where our that's where our minds at right now. Yeah. I'm going to go and protest, or I'm going to go and. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that when in fact you should be going to serve your neighbor. Right. You know what I mean? Because they're the people that really matter. Yeah. They're the, the, the politicians, you should be praying for them and you should be doing things godly with them, but you should be walking across the street and helping your neighbor out. Yeah. And you know what? It obviously, or it, it always brings the opportunity then for the gospel to be shared. Right. I mean, right. in, in that love of, Others, including those who would be of an opposing party or a plo- opposing political opinion, rather than getting he- getting heated, getting disrespectful, getting arrogant, getting name calling, but you know, not that we have to accept their opinion or their belief or or come to their side of things, but the love of Christ shown to them will often open up the opportunity for the gospel to be shared to them, right? To be different, to be gospel different to the world entices people. They want to know what in the world is that? And in this political environment, everyone's ripping each other's throats out. Even the the candidates themselves can't even respect one another. They can't stand on the stage and have decency for one another. They overtalk each other. They name call each other. Um, I, I guess we get what we deserve, you know, based on right. You know, right, what right, we're right, right. what we're hungry for. But the gospel, man, stands out so different from all of that. And what a beautiful thing! And and I have to say, you know, you hear a lot of talk about Christian nationalism, especially with surrounding of trump and right and you and you hear about these um i don't even know what they're called like there was all these people that won these school board seats that tried to change the the way schools were run to right. bring prayer back into school and they were real controversial you know yeah and and, and i don't you know the, the prayer in the school look you can still pray in school you know what i mean there's no need to pray out loud. You, everybody should be praying in school. My kids pray in school. You know, FCA's in school. Right. There's uh different, you know, good news clubs in Wimber. Mm-hmm. You know, there are different entities in every, in every Bible to schools in several districts around here. Right. And so the, the, 
God is being infiltrated into school lawfully. Like there are a lot that the, the government can't stop that from occurring. You know what right. I mean? Right. Exactly. And, and so, right, right, right. And so what I'm getting at is I, I find it that Christian nationalism is no different than the Taliban. Hmm. You know what I mean? If you look at the, if you look at the far right Muslim activists in Saudi Arabia or Afghanistan or whatever, you know, women have to be fully clothed, got to wear a face mask. You know, they, they, they can't drive. All these different things that are politically and religiously driven. Yeah. We can't, in America, align God with the flag and the White House. We right. can't do that. God supersedes all that. We're diminishing God's power by allowing him to be equated with the United States. Yeah. The United States is a sinful nation, and we've sinned uh, as much as the Israelites ever did. Right. You know what I mean? And we deserve, you know, we deserve death. Yep. You know, we deserve the, the judgment that, that God's going to have on those that, that, are, that perpetrated that, that, that evil. Yep. So what we need is a savior. We don't need to make people obey a God that's intertwined with our government. That's yeah. just my opinion. I, you know I think what? That that's anti-God. You know what? We ought to take the opposing posture, which that posture is on our knees, broken before a holy God and repentant before the Lord for the sins that we've committed. And I realize we can try in our pride to say, well, it wasn't our sins. It was the sins of the other side or or what we want to play. But, man, all I got to do is go to the Old Testament and watch the the prophets of God's people. And when the nation was in sin— they they didn't like belligerently stand up and pound a pulpit. They got on their face before God and they cried out in repentance. And then they issued some warnings and, you know, talked about the risk that the nation was taking. But the position that we need, the posture that we need is one of humility and of repentance before God. And we that are the, the true believers who understand that, that, that only by God's mercy and grace do we survive, right? That's how we found salvation anyway, was by the mercy and grace of God. We need to beg for that for our people. Now, you know, would I want people in the halls of government that love the Lord and know the scriptures and honor God's principles? Of course I do. But once again, we're not going to be able to, you know, p- politically shape America by by just our our ideas and our opinions, it's going to come through the the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our churches actually need to be about the work of evangelism and mission. That's how we're going to change the world. So where where I draw the line with Christian nationalism is too many churches have become a bully pulpit for you know conservatism and just those values. But it's it's almost like in Timothy where where Paul wrote to Timothy and said they have a they have a a form of godliness but deny its power. So if we have just morals without the gospel and without the Holy Spirit, we just have pride and we just have exactly that, a form of godliness and it will have no power. Well, like the whole statement, God and guns, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I get it. I understand where you're going with that, right? But what does that say to somebody that doesn't know our God? Right. Right? Right. They're going to go back to that God was a tyrant in the Old Testament and killed, you know, the Philistines and whomever, you know, and and that's what he wants to do to me because I, I believe that trans people have rights. And so, like, I'm going to be killed by these people. 
look, if G, if God gave man free will, right? Right. Who are we as a government to remove that? Right. And say you have to follow this. And what was this nation founded on but a bunch of pilgrims that came over, the Puritans, because <laughs> they didn't want to live under the Church of England. Right. Right. They fled, they fled religious persecution yeah. to come here to make a land where you had free will and liberty abound. Right. You know what I mean? And so I don't believe in, in, in making things mandatory that you have to pray or that you have to do all this other stuff. Right. I think that's bad. That That's bad business. Right. You know, God gave us free will. If you're going to burn in hell because you chose the opposite in that free free will, not knowing yep. that there's a savior out there that wants to redeem you. And that's the glory of Jesus is that free will that's there. Yeah, and any time a religion is pushed upon the people or mandated, right, it, it's going to fail. It's never going to be the real deal. It's going to be some right. faked or forced version of that, and that's not what we need. So, in fact, the true Christians ought to expect persecution. That's actually what the Word of God promises. Now, eventually, we have a right. king. Man, we have a king that is coming you know, I believe in the second coming of Christ, and he's going to rule, I believe, on an actual throne from Jerusalem, and he's going to rule the world in peace and in justice. Right. However, it's when the king comes. Until then, the church has actually promised a persecution. We've been a little bit of an anomaly here in the United States of America, and I thank God for that. You know, I I, I love the fact that, that I can worship freely on a Sunday without threat of persecution, but persecution may come to this land. Yeah, Christian nationalism is not the answer. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, like, you know, like, what do you think about, like, Christians that engage in protests? I mean, I think it's, so we have a right, Christian or non-Christian, right? As Americans, we have a right to protest. I think we have to make sure that it's something that the Holy Spirit has called us to do and not something that just a, you know, a political party or a politician has asked us to do. So we got to be careful who's, who's motivating our heart. Um, the biggest way this is, has come up to me in the past has been when the Black Lives Matter movement was really kind of hot and heavy and there were protests going on. I had church people come to me and say, hey, what's your opinion of Black Lives Matter? And is that something I should be involved in? Because it was a very confusing time. And I think there was there were some reasons to be very um, careful and warned about involvement with Black Lives Matter. But the way that it was kind of, you know, being presented to the populace was something that Christians just on the surface would feel a, a want or a desire to stand by, you know, brothers and sisters in the streets with those kind of protests. So, you know, there was some warning of people to be very careful that it aligns with your faith and that you're not being deceived by that movement. But, right, but certainly right, Christians right. have the right if they want to, you know, to be involved. Yeah. I think that you have to do that responsibly, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, you know, I did march with black lives matter here in Johnstown whenever, whenever they were uh they performed their march here in downtown and they had a little rally and whatever yeah and i i went only out of curiosity because i wanted to see what that was all about and i wanted to mingle and i wanted to see if i was going to be accepted and, yeah and i wanted to see you know i wanted to see i was just curious you right know? and it was a great it was a great experience actually and you know uh there were people there that i had you know uh that i knew 
And they were like, oh, well, we would never have thought that you would be down here for this, you know? Right. And so that, that built some bridges that I continue to foster good relationships with those individuals. And, right. and we had really good conversations as a result of that. And ultimately here in Johnstown, the, 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 the protest was very peaceful. And, right. you know, like the state police made a, made a, uh, a line of, of thing. And there was some, there were some young African-American males that were going to approach that line of cops. And there were some older African-American males who were like, no, that's not what we're here for. Get back in line. We're yeah. not doing that in this town. And so I found that that was awesome that there was responsibility there. And by, by all means, it was not a bad experience for me at all. So I, I, I really was encouraged by that. But I right. think if you're going to protest, you need to do it responsibly. Yeah. And in your protest, you need to be honoring to to God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had a beef with Black Lives Matter because I I researched their organization and I looked at their you know their statements of belief and they they really took to task you know what they were calling the nuclear family you know yeah. which is the traditional view of you know husband and wife and the kids mm-hmm. and they wanted to you know there there was with Black Lives Matter kind of a cover for a lot of other I would deem you know unbiblical type of stances and teachings and so that was what i i felt convicted to warn people of hey you might feel really drawn to this but be careful here's what they're really pushing for so well i mean look in a marginalized society you know they're just looking for their place so like you have to give them their place in society and you know good right or indifferent no i mean it was wrong you know the the african-american did not have his due place in in public ever Mm-hmm. until the recent history you know so right i understand the frustration but i also don't agree with pandering to marginalized groups for votes you know yeah I mean? so like I well, think that- and they were being taken advantage i mean in my opinion right. black lives matter took advantage of that marginalized populace and manipulated them to fill their to line their own pockets and to go about certain um political agendas that necessarily not everybody that was that was marching with them necessarily agreed with and that was the biggest thing that i had trouble with them on because they you know they were wrapping everything in you know as a christian do i believe black lives matter heck yeah man that's biblical i read what it says in revelation that every tribe every nation every color every tongue is going to be present to sing hallelujah to the lamb i mean that you want to talk about what the truth about racism is, the word of God has it. And Black Lives Matter didn't have it. I mean, they were they were barking up the wrong tree for me. But yeah. In your notes here, you're like, whose opinion should we value? Yes. Celebrity? Man, I love that Travis question. Kelsey. Where did Travis Kelsey come from just individually? Yeah. Other politicians, talk radio, social media, mainstream media, or preachers. Yep. Whose opinion should we value? Dude, Travis Kelsey's in there because look at what's happened. Him and Taylor Swift. Man, they're on TV every time. You can't watch the NFL without Travis Kelsey getting a shot in his arm and telling everyone to do it too. I mean, you want to talk about another political issue or social issue, you know, nothing divided people more than like whether you were getting the shot or not and whether the vaccine was a pro. I mean, all that kind of stuff. So again, you know, and, and here's my take on it. Man, I could care freaking less what a celebrity thinks or, you know, I want them to make movies and I want to laugh at them or cry. My foot the vote. Yeah, my football players, man, Travis Kelsey, I want him to catch touchdowns for my fantasy team. I could care less what his stance are on any political social issue at all. I don't care about celebrity culture. 
where do you get your where do you get your value on who you're going to vote for? Who does that come from? The Lord exactly. and the Word of God. Yeah, Word of God tells you who you're going to vote for. Yeah. I appreciate that about you, brother. No, amen. But I I think it was an important question because I think so many people, man, they're just, I mean, whether they want to be told by celebrities and sports heroes or not, they are going to be. And, and, you know, I I threw preachers in there, not because I'm I'm a preacher, but because, like, as I'm watching Madeline study in history in high school, and, like, this totally cool thing happened because she's going through, you know, like, you know, like 50 years at a time, like blocks of years. And they're talking about what happened, you know, certain revolutions and what was happening politically and all that. Every chapter had the the names of the preachers of those days and the impact that they had on society because people looked to the church and to the pulpit for direction, for guidance. They were the prophetic voices of every generation. Guess what? They're not the prophetic voice of this generation anymore. And everybody's looking. They care more about what what Taylor Swift says in a song than they care what the preacher says from the pulpit on Sunday. And again, I'm not trying to to beat my own chest and be bigger than I am. But man, when I accepted the responsibility and the call to preach the gospel and to stand before a congregation and say, thus says the Lord, I accepted the responsibility to have an impact on the direction that people's lives took. And I think people ought ought to start lifting up their pastors and saying, help us understand what direction the Lord's taken us. I read this book one time called Under God. Yeah. I believe that's what the name of it was. And it was uh, about these, like it was 10 stories about 10 pastors that served a great purpose in the Revolutionary War mm. and and their, what their messages were to their congregations. And during the reading of that book, as I read this you know, 20 years ago, I think it was. Yeah. Longer than that, maybe. And and when I read that book, I'm like, I could picture myself sitting in the pew and I'm thinking about how bad did it have to be in North America at that time, in those 13 colonies, Yeah, that you have enough to, guts to stand up, leave your family with a musket, yep. fight the largest army in the world. Ah. Right, uh-huh. and your your businesses are going to shut down. All these things, right? Yeah. And so, I really, I really pondered about that, you know. And and I'm like, I don't think we're there in America. Like, I don't think we have that resolve anymore. And I don't think we right. have that kind of Christian leadership in this in this war in this country right now. Number one, number two, you have other people like that. I don't know if you ever heard of Greg Locke. Right? Have you ever yeah. Heard of Greg? Oh, yeah. He's but he's pastor. making a mess of it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. But he has quite a following of people that that, that follow yep. his YouTube page, yep. and that he's just spewing hate and anger and discontent. Yep. And division in the church, and he's not going to be the one that's going to get people to stand up and and, yeah. and and fight for and you know stand up for this country. You know what I mean? Like he's just causing division. And so, like, I, I have a real problem, and I, I can really see in the Scripture where, you know, uh, that there's going to be people, false preachers, yep. that are going to be out there because right. they're there now. Yep. You know, oh, we're yeah. going to be doing a podcast about that shortly. <laughs> That's right. About false preachers in the land. Yeah. And there are people that are following them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we live in that time where everybody's got a Twitter feed and a TikTok and a YouTube channel and all the rest, right? So it's everybody, like our audience has to be discerning 
right? But to be able to point people towards like, quit getting your news from <laughs> all these secular places, man. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Be in his word. Let God direct our our politics, man, and the way that we view society and the world. So, yeah, I'm, right. I get I get hot about that one for sure. And I've got my own people that I look to. Like one of the dudes that I look to is a guy named Carl Truman, and he's a professor at Grove City College. And he he speaks on Christianity and the culture and teaches some some you know amazing courses there on biblical and religious studies. And I appreciate that guy so much. So even as a preacher, I'm not saying like, you know, I'm the be all end all or something like I need to surround myself with people who I'm looking to who are who are speaking into this moment and into the culture and doing so with the word of God open and talking about absolute truth. So do you think that there's been a loss of prestige in the office of senator and congressman and state representatives and mayors and, and presidential candidates and all that stuff. If you, do you think there's a loss of prestige there? Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I mean, and it's sad to see. I mean, I wish that whole climate was different and that there was respect and dignity that was restored and some civility. You know, I mean, I got to imagine there was a time where these candidates stood on a stage together in their suits and waited for each other and respected each other and maybe even in places where they could agree with each other would applaud one another. At this point, even if they did agree with, with a talking point or something that the other candidate make, they're, they're not allowed to even acknowledge that there's any value to anything that they do. You know? And I, you know, I hate it. You know, I, I read another book, and I can't remember it about It was about Abraham Lincoln. And, okay. And it was kind of it – was, it was about the 13th Amendment and the debate that occurred in, in Congress – yeah. As a result of that. And if you watch that movie, Abraham Lincoln, you see a little bit of it, right? Okay. But the the vitriol and the wording and obviously like um their 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 vernacular um back in the eighteen hundreds was not like ours today, so they weren't probably throwing F words around and all that stuff like that. Right. But they were saying some vile stuff yeah. about the opposite opinion, right? Yeah. So I always think that there has been that vitriol. Yeah. It's just that now you see it more because you have such a social media, yep. TikTok, X, you know, all that stuff. And then you have you have Donald Trump, which I think that if he would have just kept his mouth shut for four years yeah. and didn't post everything on Twitter, he, he might have had a better presidency than what he did. He made a target on his back. That's a whole. Yeah, some people loved him time. for that. Right. That was the draw for some folks. But right. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, and so, like that—that that has happened since the beginning of of our government. I think probably yeah. even into when. I mean, look, Caesar was was stabbed in the back. You yeah. know what I mean? That's right on the floor of the Senate. You know what I mean? So, like that's been going on in government forever. So you're telling me politicians have been scumbags for a long time? Yeah, and look at me <laughs> with a few exceptions. I'm on a school. I'm, I, you know, one of the questions you had there: Did you ever run for election? I'm like, yeah, I ran for election twice for the school board. So I'm a scumbag on the school board, right? right? Yeah. So you know, you you know the insides of how some of this works, right? So having right, to put right, yourself right. out there, yeah, yeah absolutely. Babies can be can be can be messy. Yeah. But the key to it is, and in that messiness, that you come out with one common good for for man to, to right. be able to live on it. And I, I really got to respect our school board because even though the, some of those discussions behind closed doors and executive session become full of vitriol and, and, and yeah. you know, there's, there's things that are said, 
we walk out of that room and we're not divided. We're, we're of one mind and we come to a great compromise for yeah. the betterment of our, of our community and our students. So like, I think that that's the key to it. And that's what we're missing right? is to be able to, I mean, my goodness, it's the, the federal government has supposed to have a budget in October and it's now January, 2024. <laughs> we don't even have a budget yet because nobody can just, they can't do it. Yeah, they can't do it. You know what I mean? So they're ridiculous. I think that one of the things that's happened is we've made politics too personal. And so even as the candidates are duking things out, maybe it's personal for them. And you've provided some examples of that. But then we've gotten so personal with it, too, that, you know, if I'm a big Trump person, somebody says something positive or, you know, or I mean, negative about Trump. Now, I take it personally and I've been attacked. And now that's where the divide comes. I don't think we're supposed to take it that personal. Or you got the never Trumpers. And so anybody that's positive about that, I mean, look at how much division has been brought. I mean, literally, there's families that can't eat at the same table because they've been divided over politics. I mean, politics got so heated in the last couple of years. I had families that left our church who gave me, you know, exit interviews and exit letters that, you know, were like, well, we couldn't stomach the the political environment of the church. And I'm sitting scratching my head like, I never mentioned political names from the front. And do you know what I mean? But it's it's right. in the conversations that people have over the fellowship dinners or they see each yeah. other's posts on Facebook. And now they're judging each other because somebody posted that they were at a, at a Trump rally. What, you can't go worship with them now because you saw them at a Trump rally? It's gotten that personal and it shouldn't be that way. But it all goes back to this. That if that person was looking at that other person or vice versa, like Jesus looks at them, they wouldn't yeah. have that opinion and they wouldn't be offended. And they and, and it goes back to our previous episode of selfishness. Yeah. You know, like like my way is the best way, you know, and, and their way is no way, you know, and it's it's just it's just um it's of the devil. Yeah. You know, call it what it is, and it's yeah. and it breeds division in the country. And that's where we're at right now. Satan's got us right where he wants us. Yep. He wants us arguing over who's good, who's bad, what's right, what's wrong, instead of focusing our eyes on Jesus where we know the truth is. You said it. You said Satan. What's Ephesians tell us? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of this dark world. Satan is the enemy. Our political opponents or the folks on the other side of the political aisle, they are not the enemy, but we have vilified everybody that's of a different mindset and the the true enemy <laughs> is God's enemy, right? And it's Satan. And we need to recognize that and start really loving people by first having an opportunity for the gospel to be preached. I watched a short video about that verse. Yeah. And that word principalities uh-huh. really is representative of government. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? That's right. And, you know, we can go off on a whole rabbit hole with that. You know, oh, yeah. That, that, but I truly believe that government is evil. Yep. And they don't have our best interest in mind. Government is self-serving. And that's why the founding fathers wanted to have a limited government. And, you know, as we go in our history, our government has grown to where buildings in Washington, D.C. are 10 blocks long. Yeah, or the agricultural department. That's right, and I it's mean, out of control. Why, why does there have to be a million offices for the agricultural, you yep. know, the Department of Agriculture? That's just ridiculous. That's right. But that's big government serves itself, and the same thing happened to the Roman Empire, 
The same thing happened to the Persian Empire. The same thing happened to all these other the British Empire. And you have to guard against that. And the and the and the way to do that is through liberty. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Amen. so like we need to we need to really focus on giving back our liberty. Yeah. You know, I, I gave a um I, I gave a text to somebody today. I want to read this quote I've seen today. Hold on one second here. Yeah, sure. Uh, oh, go ahead on to something else. Here. I don't remember. Oh, it says democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. <laughs> Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Hmm. Ben- Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, cool. And so, like, government self-serving. Yep. And you got and you got to and that selfishness what we were just talking about and yep. that's the root of all sin I believe is is in is in pride and selfishness. That's right. No, for sure. Hey, let's let's finish on a positive note if we can. Yeah. We've we've wandered through here. Let's let's just I mean this being politics and the Christian man. Let's end with um with what Christian men can really do regarding politics and political issues. How how can they engage in a way that honors Christ? I mean, I think the first thing is have conviction. You know, read yep. the Bible, become become obedient to the Holy Spirit, and hold your convictions. That's right. And don't back down. And and if that comes with persecution, then accept that. Very difficult. Not saying that it's easy, but accept that, and 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 stand with God, and God will God will protect you. Yeah, every man is responsible to know what they believe. And so to get to and arrive to that place of conviction is of the utmost importance. So, And then once you have conviction, the next thing to do is pray. That's right. You know, yeah. like you pray with that conviction and you pray for your leaders. You yeah. pray that, 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 you know, Biden uses godly judgment, yeah. that, that, that God's hand is on the election, that his will would be done. And that Satan would be kept at bay, and that you place a hedge of protection around you and your family and your and your church and all your all your people, that they may look towards God instead of looking towards government for their salvation. Yep. And you know what? If we're really believers and we know the power of prayer, then then praying it is. And right. people have taken me to task when I say, "Hey, I'm praying for President Biden," and people get all huffy. You know, like, how can you pray for that? That's that's not going to do anything. It's like then you don't know my God and you don't right. know the call of scripture to pray for our leaders because it's clear. Amen. The next thing to do, speak up, have yeah. influence. When you're in a group of people and they're talking like you just said, they talk, yeah. don't be afraid, be courageous. Mm, there's Stand the word. To say, yeah. Right. <laughs> don't be, don't be afraid. Be courageous. Do not fear. Cause he walks with you. And speak your convictions to those people that that are that are that are um, you know contrary to what the word of God is. Yeah, if we don't speak up, you know, or or use the platforms that God's provided, and we have to put the checks and balances on that. Don't be, you know, don't be ignorant. Don't just throw stuff out there. But but yeah, go ahead and share those convictions that the Lord has given you, and back them up with the word of God, man. Like you know, the Lord never promised that Roger's word would wouldn't return void. Or, or Dan's, he promised that his word would not return void. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, the, the next thing you had written down here is um, engage where and when led by the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah. You know, we talk about that on several different episodes, you know, like our goal should be that we're so in tune with the Holy Spirit that when he tells you to stop and talk, you stop and talk. When he tells you to stop and pray, you stop and pray. That's right. When he tells you to turn right, you turn right. Yeah. And you should be obedient at every step because number one, you're doing the Lord's work. And number two, you'll be blessed for that. That's right. Amen. Including getting involved in politics, right? I mean, you're on a school board, you know, and I want to believe that you're on a school board because your convictions have brought you to that place and the Holy Spirit has led you, you know, to accept that position. So, you know. So the next thing you have written down is respect others. (laughs) Amen. We bear the name of Christ. And I, you know, I have to confess, like I always do, man, before 2016, I was terrible on social media, man. My wife was used to get so embarrassed. And, you know, I I got, this is a funny story, but it's not funny because it wasn't representative of Christ. But I was on the internet at three o'clock in the morning uh, while I got up to go to the bathroom. This is before the 2016 election. Uh I'm in it. I'm, and I'm commented on somebody's post very disrespectfully and, you know, very not godly at all right the next morning i get a call from my boss and they're like they're like what what happened yesterday on social media and i'm like what are you talking about she's he's like did you make a comment to somebody at 3 15 in the morning wow this person looked on my facebook page saw where i worked contacted the company and told them who i was yeah what that i had said now i didn't get in very much trouble yeah but the point is i could have my, the consequences of that could have been large. Yeah. But the secondly is I had to walk in shame because I wasn't a representative of my of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. And so that was the first step in me uh, rebuking myself and not um, being a person that is going to talk with vitriol and hate and discontent and words that are not honoring to Christ yep. in my political discourse. That's right. And bearing the name of the Christ, uh, bearing the name of Christ is always more important than bearing our political view. Right. And there's a way to do both. And I hope that that's something that we've been able to communicate tonight is there's a way to be gospel centered and yet still walk, you know, through politics as heavily or as deep that you feel convicted to go. Thank you, Roger. Do it in a way that honors the Lord Jesus Christ. That's first and foremost. And I'll tell you, I'm I'm uh, friends with a group of guys. There's two of them that are atheists. One of them, uh, the other two guys are, um, you know, they go to church and do whatever, but I don't think that they have the same convictions I do. We, we've never really spoke. Um, but then there's me. And yeah. so, like, I was, like I told you, I was a duplicitous individual, especially when it came to politics. Mm-hmm. And I would talk about all kind of crazy stuff, you know, that I'm not even going to repeat because it was so vile. Yeah, And they would tell me, well, how are you a Christian if you're, or would Jesus say that? And man, it, at the beginning, it really didn't bother me that much because I was just like, whatever, this is my political life. It has nothing to do with God because right. I was compartmentalized, you know, in my duplicitous life. And then I started to really get convicted by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, and, and I stopped. I don't act like that anymore. And the, the people that are on this text string noticed the change. Yeah. And they're like, why did you do that? I'm like, well, well, the way I was talking was not honoring to God. I always want to be honoring to God. And, you know, you guys called me out. I appreciate that. 
and I'm glad that you did that. You, you know, God used your words to spark my conviction, and I'm a different person as a result of that. Matter of fact, one of the guys just uh, listened to our podcast for the first time. Yeah, awesome. Seen it on my page, right? Yeah, and shared it. Shared it on like four or five different, um, like government, uh, like political debate. Uh, Facebook pages that me and him okay. are on. Okay, yeah. He and shared it all over Facebook, so that you know maybe if you're listening from one of those one of those one of those Facebook pages, we appreciate you listening. But um, yeah, man, like I completely changed the way I my my modus operandi or however you say that, <laughs> right? By looking at how I was going to look at God because I wanted to be representative of God yeah. more than I wanted to be a representative of Trump or Republicans <laughs> or whatever other. Thing yep. that was going on. I didn't want to be hateful, and I didn't want to be dis- you know full of discord and and division. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show the light of Jesus and all that stuff. So, praise Jesus for reforming me in that regard. Amen. Amen. And my wife's able to look at my Facebook page now without disgust. She's <laughs> really mad at me too. Hey, it's testimony that rings true. We can be changed but only by the Amen. power of God. So Only by the power of God. Yeah, yeah. Well, politics is a mess. It's going to be a crazy year, but man, God has called us as men to walk close to Christ through it uh, for his good and his glory. And um, it's going to be an exciting year too to see what happens, but to trust God, you know, know this, God is sovereign over the nation. I mean, even in Daniel chapter two, it was revealed to Daniel that even though he was in a wicked kingdom with a wicked king like Nebuchadnezzar, it said that God is the one who sets kings into their position. So ultimately, even when it's politically difficult, men, let's trust God the whole way. I want to throw this out there before we end tonight. And yeah. I know we're a little bit over time, but this is important. No matter what happens on 2024, because this this world could get crazy. Yeah. Yep. in a little bit i mean we got people removing people from ballots and oh yeah and we have no idea what tomorrow holds right but we do know this that no matter what happens god is still on the throne amen and jesus is still coming back that's right and it doesn't matter if the if the walls of government fall all around us yeah we still have hope in jesus amen so I, I don't want anybody and they i hope my words don't ring true but if you're sitting in a situation where the world's going crazy around you yeah. and you don't know what to do, look to your Bible, look to a trusted friend that's a believer in Jesus and reach out to them and let's pray and get back together again and regroup under Jesus's authority, not government authority. That's right, man. Well said, brother. Well said. Yeah. Well, how about I pray us out, man? You cool with that? Absolutely, man. Let's do it. Lord, thank you for the conversation tonight, Father. We pray that you would take and use it for your glory, Lord. If there's any way in which we have misrepresented you tonight, Father, I pray that you would strike it from the record. Um, But Lord, I pray that you would use just um, our heart for you, Lord, to just ring true to the men that listen, that they too might be drawn to just an, an unbelievable heart for you, Lord, that they would seek you in all things, even in the political arena, Lord. We have no political savior other than Jesus. And we align with him, Father. And um, and we love you so much, Lord. Just thank you for just the security of knowing that you are our hope, Lord, our only hope, and that you will never disappoint. You can never be defeated. You can never be voted out because you are God Amen. of all creation. And Lord, we love you. So use this, Lord, for your, for your glory, Father, and encourage the men. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, man. Peace out. We'll see you next episode. All right. See you guys.